Hello, college football fans, and welcome to episode 11 of College Football Throwdown. I am your co-host, Alex Schmitz, and today I'm joined by my dad, Peter Schmitz. Good evening. (laughs) Yes, recording from two different sides of the country, West Coast and the Midwest, you know, make for a good tag team of uh, college football experts, (laughs) quote-unquote. All right. Uh, so today, uh, this is going to be our um, national podcast for the week two of college football. We're recording this literally right after the uh, the Nebraska-specific one that we did on the Nebraska-Alabama State game. So you're not going to be hearing uh, another beer getting cracked this time. Sorry, guys. Uh, but why don't we start out with uh, something we kind of talked about on our last podcast, which was how even in week one, you know, everybody was jumping up saying that the you know, how the SEC was playing such tougher teams and doing so well versus the Big Ten who kind of struggled in week one and how Ohio State isn't deserving of number one because their schedule isn't so that good. Right. You know, Alex, it's, it, it was, it's just frustrating me because of this uh, overreaction, basically, that happens. I and mean, it happens every year and even every week within within the season. Uh, you know, the, there were a number of coaches almost to the point where it seemed like they were singing out of the same hymnal, like, like somebody from the SEC office sent out a memo to say, hey, make sure we're, we're, we're beating the drum about you know, Ohio State's schedule so that if it ends up being a, a tight choice between you know, Ohio State and some other team, we can make sure they don't get in uh, uh, you know, come, come selection time frame because of strength of schedule. Uh, the, the reality is, is that... It, it, you know, it was absurd that the the national media folks who who picked the poll, you know, would would go off and put ten teams from one conference in that poll, and and this week is a, a perfect example of why that's silly. Uh, you know, you got a six-ranked Auburn team that that has to go into overtime uh, to win a game. Um, you have a, a, a Arkansas who was probably you know Brent Bulimia. Uh, is the guy that uh, um, you know was the was the real instigator of, of all of this conversation, and his team lays an egg against uh, you know uh, Toledo. Uh, Toledo. Yeah. And, and so you know the bottom line is some of these teams that are ranked don't deserve to be ranked and probably won't be ranked. And so the, the rankings really are not very relevant until you get five or eight or, or nine weeks into the season. You have enough data that it begins to start to take shape. You know, so I, I just wish people would kind of chill. And same thing with on the other side of it, people like Notre Dame uh, getting accolades uh, because they look so great in week one. Heck, even Ohio State looks so, so, so dominating and, and full of big play potential, you know, against Virginia Tech. And then both of those teams, particularly Notre Dame, you know, struggle a bit in, in the second week and start showing that yeah, they're not a finely oiled machine at this point because no one is. There's not a team that's there yet. But there are certainly some teams that are that are going to be, you know, there at the end, and I think that's where you just gotta, uh, you know, chill your wheels a little bit and let some things start to evolve and come together. Yeah, I think maybe this season more than any past season because of the Mike Riley situation in Nebraska, I've sort of come to understand that, you know, a college football team is a constantly evolving kind of beast, as it were, you know, the and that the team 
because like you know they come back for fall practice and they get like three or four weeks to you know play together but that's really it and they're you know expected to be playing you know hardcore college football and then uh that 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 gel you know that kind of makes teams come together isn't usually there right at the beginning and you sort of kind of find your way as you go you know you get injured other people replace those guys you know and so by the end of the season you come out a very different team than you were in week one and that's just a general rule for everybody pretty much that's correct and and usually a, a season success is defined by how much you're able to to improve over the course of a season and are you able to do that in kind of a linear fashion where you're making improvements every week as opposed to having games where you fall back into old patterns or whatever and so uh, you know that's what defines the season and that's what makes college football so awesome is every week is is a new experience it's a, a new adventure mm-hmm. yeah so we already talked about a couple of the big games you know like you said the, probably the biggest upset of the week was uh, Toledo beating Arkansas 16 to 12 you know given that they were ranked 18th in the country you know certainly wouldn't have expected that to happen and then Auburn having to go into overtime to beat Jacksonville State 27 to 20 you know, not not the best uh, showing for the SEC, like you said. Right, but of course there'll be conversation about the Big Ten again this week because, uh, again, there were there was uh, some disappointing performances there too, uh, such as the uh, Maryland uh, loss. You know, even though they were playing um, uh, Bowling Green, another MAC school, uh, but Bowling Green has a quarterback that is uh, very very talented, and I threw for. I don't know, something like 500 yards. Bottom line is, uh, you know, in this day and age, you were just talking about it with the limits on scholarships, limits on on number of practice hours that the players can have, uh, and, and all of those types of things have put every every program into a situation where, uh, with with rare exception, like Ohio State or Alabama, every team has spots where they're thin, and they if they have the wrong injury could really affect their season mm-hmm. yeah for sure and uh another one of the big games of course was um well and this was we talked about this a little on the nebraska specific podcast but for those who didn't listen to that you know uh byu the team that beat nebraska in the dramatic fashion in the first game of the se- season uh, came out and pulled out another upset against Boise State, getting their last touchdown in a way that was eerily similar to our game with a jump ball in the end zone for a touchdown. Yes, it is good to see uh, BYU do that. You know, again, they can't keep living on the edge. They'll get burnt a number of times if they keep playing that way. They're still a very flawed and incomplete football team, but they're not without talent. And, of course, the the big game of the weekend was – the Michigan State game yes. uh, against uh, against Oregon, and that was a, a game that lived up to its uh, its hype, its billing, really. And it was quite the interesting affair uh, where both teams, uh, you know, presented challenges to the other team. Uh, uh, you know, there there was never really a point in time where I felt either team was on the verge of blowing the other one out. And it just seemed like it, it was pins and needles the whole way. Yeah, well, talking about that, uh, we had made some predictions last time about the score of that game. I had said uh, that MSU was going to win 35-28, which turned out to be relatively close to the final score. Um, and then you said that uh, Michigan State was going to win 42-24. You were of the opinion that 
they really had the potential to blow out Oregon in that game. Right. Well, and also, uh, you know, I, I've got to admit that I thought uh, Michigan State's defense would probably slow Oregon down a little more, given that Oregon, you know, had had some pretty significant offensive losses off of last year's team for Oregon. Uh, but the fact is, Oregon played pretty well and showed that it's got some some players that are going to do pretty pretty darn good this season, including their new quarterback. He he's uh, he's the real deal. Yeah, and the the commentators kept on talking about how he'd only been on like campus for two or three weeks, you know, because of his transfer and all that. So, you know, they weren't able to run the super fast paced offense that Oregon is known for because you have to kind of build up your time in that system to really get that down to a science. Right, and and that will probably come to bite them uh, maybe at other points in the season too. It'll be interesting to see how Oregon season totally uh, proceeds here Yeah, because uh, I could see it going a couple of different ways for them. Well, it, I, I was at the beach for quite a bit of Saturday, but I was checking the scores of a lot of the games on my phone. I got to watch some of the MSU-Oregon game you know, on my laptop, I saw the goal line stand that MSU's defense made against Oregon where they stopped them on like fourth and half a yard. I love that. And uh, and I think it's interesting in that like, MS, I think MSU definitely showed themselves to be the better team that day when you consider the fact that, you know, the one of their Oregon's touchdowns was off of like a punt return right at the start of the second half, you know. Uh, before then, they had kind of struggled to get points up on the board that is true uh, i i think that that was and, and again a little bit of a surprise to me i really kind of expected uh, um michigan state to have the upper hand on from a special team standpoint uh but it seems like oregon did all right in that uh, particular regard and uh, but but at the same time you know michigan state's defensive line was the one that was getting sacks i think they ended up with four sacks in the game so it was, it was a it was a good overall effort by by Michigan State showed they have some depth at running back uh, they're going to be a very formidable team as we go through and frankly it was one of the key uh, uh, interconference matchups going into the season uh, between two pr- uh, you know potentially uh, co- uh, championship teams you know teams that will play for the championship and so uh, I think that's a huge feather in Michigan State's cap yeah, and a good good thing for the Big Ten overall as well. Um, I do kind of feel sorry for the Oregon fans a little because they the team did a good job of pulling, uh, starting to kind of look like it was going to be an upset. You know, they were going to um, come back there at the end, and I it sucks that the uh, that the quarterback wasn't able to put the ball on that receiver. You know, there near the end, they had one of the receivers was wide open in the end zone. And he just mistimed the ball, but if he had gotten that, Oregon very well might wins that football game. Yeah, that that is true. But you know that that's that's the deal. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, it's, we we've already experienced that as well. So. Oh yeah, uh, we but, have. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Now I'm gonna shift gears to another conference discussion, which is the Big Twelve versus the SEC and the Oklahoma Tennessee game. You know, that oh, game yeah. was hugely important to the Big 12 conference because really the Big 12, since they play uh, nine conference games, they only play three non-conference games. You know, that, that limits the number of these inner uh, uh, interconference m- matchups, especially big-time interconference matchups that are going to happen. And uh, and so, you know, Oklahoma 
looked like they were going to get the, their doors blown off, go, falling down uh, 17 to nothing, uh, you know, behind getting behind Tennessee. And it looked like maybe Tennessee might, might run away and hide. And then they just worked their way back, fought, 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 and found themselves in the second half able to dig out of it and uh, ultimately win the game in, in overtime. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I was – I was keeping an eye on that that score as well. That was a good pull away for the Big yeah, Twelve. Had, had... Although, but like you say, you know, a little uh, maybe shakes up their confidence a little bit. And that you know, the team that well, it's, he, Oklahoma's not the best team in the Big Twelve because they got like Baylor and TCU. But one of their best teams, you know, struggled against Tennessee. Right. And, and had, had Oklahoma lost that game, and particularly if it had continued to go the way it was going early, uh, then there would have been quite a bit of discussion, and it would have hurt TCU and, and Baylor's chances of building you know, an argument, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why that was a hugely important win for the Big 12. It strengthens their ability to make an argument at the end of the season you know, for a team to get into the four-team playoff. Yeah. And also, we had talked on the last podcast, you had mentioned that you thought that the Iowa-Iowa State matchup was big for the Big Ten in that similar regard, and Iowa ended up winning that game 31-17, so a plus for the Big Ten there. Yes, that's true, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, uh, Iowa State. Iowa State actually showed some things in that game that, that were pretty impressive. I thought they got some young talent, it looks like to me, but again, I, I look at them, and they were only able to produce like 60-some yards against Iowa, and and that, uh, I think, does not bode well for Iowa State winning a lot of football games uh, throughout the course of the season. But again, they're going to be playing in the Big 12, which is very wide open and tends to have a little less uh, run defense focus than, than the Big 10. So that, that might not hurt them as bad as I think it's going to. But, but that'll be certainly something to keep an eye on is how Iowa State does as it plays the remainder of its schedule in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and but, a, oh, Sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to mention, you had another prediction, actually, on the last podcast, uh, that Notre Dame might struggle against Virginia. You thought they were a legitimate contender, and that game ended up being pretty close, 34-27. Probably the biggest story coming out of that was that Notre Dame lost their star quarterback, you know, which yeah. is going to hurt yep. them in the season. Yep, that is really going to hurt Notre Dame. And in fact, I would I would say that that was a team that I was thinking was very legitimately headed uh, towards a possible uh, inclusion in the in the conference or the the this uh, college football playoff. And I I don't see that now. I I, I mean I know this young uh, quarterback who replaced him played pretty well and stuff, but I, I just think that ultimately that's going to come back to haunt them. But here's here's another interesting development to kind of keep your eye on in terms of trying to, to forecast the future. What what happens now with the, with the success of uh, uh, Michigan State? Uh, you know, if Michigan State does what everybody expects they're going to do, which is frankly to go undefeated until they play Ohio State, uh, the remainder of their games, you could potentially have a a top five uh, Michigan State team and a number one ranked Ohio State team playing each other fairly uh, uh, later in the season. And then let's say Michigan State loses that game, like most expect, and Ohio State continues to win out. Uh, Michigan State would find themselves on the outside looking in uh, on the conference championship game, but would be sitting there at 11-1 and with their only loss to uh, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Okay, So that's a really strong and a win 
over against Oregon. an Oregon team that is probably going to be one of the better teams, if not the best team still, out there in the Pac-12. If that ends up playing out that way, how do you exclude them, right? right. How do you exclude Michigan State? <laughs> yeah. Now you've got Ohio State and Michigan State both in that, in that playoff, and I guarantee you there's no way that the SEC will keep – uh, will allow two Big Ten teams in uh, before there's two SEC teams in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just based on the whole strength of schedule thing. So, so uh, what you may, you, what you could possibly see happening is um, uh, now you got. Uh, it's going to become very difficult to get all that in with the Big Twelve team, which which was excluded last year, and the Pac-12 team. If it's anybody other than Oregon. I mean, you can see the Pac-12 being left out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that I hadn't quite thought of it that way, but that does put into perspective just how important that Oregon victory is to Michigan State's uh, national championship hopes. Um, it, obviously, this is all total speculation. All depends on how things play out. But it would it would be interesting if uh, Michigan State is you know, 11-1, and one, like you say, they're only lost to Ohio State, and let's say Oregon wins the Pac-12, you know, so all of a sudden they're being considered a contender because they're a conference champion, but Michigan State's the one who beat them, you know, and then they're only the losses to the number one team, so how do you, how do you figure that out? Right, right, and, and if you choose to exclude the, the Pac-12 champion, um, that really is hard to do, uh, and uh, so because most people would argue that the Pac-12 is either the best conference or the second best conference, you know, so how can you exclude them? So it gets back to a thing where if you kept Michigan State in because of that one win and, and, and their, body, the, their body of work, then you'd be looking at keeping the Big 12 out a second time. Yeah, well, yeah, and that we've talked in the past how we think it's important that you know conference championships matter you know in that playoff so uh, on the one hand i'd kind of want for michigan state to get in there just as a member of the big 10 but at the same time in terms of what that would mean for the playoff as a whole because already we have five major conferences you know so there'll be five teams who are the best of each you know but there's only four spots available so if you're giving two of those precious spots to a single conference that's a that's a big deal to those guys who are going to excluded, and that's going to create some serious discussion if that ends oh, up happening. And, and and Alex, I I 100% agree with you. And my argument would be, Michigan State sh- in that scenario, Michigan State should not be in the playoff, even though you could build the straw man to justify it for exactly that reason. The bottom line would be, Michigan State, if you wanted to be in the playoff, beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Period. No, uh, end of end of conversation. Yep, well, that's what's kind of exciting about this. We're at the, still in the beginning stages of this new playoff era, so precedent hasn't been set, you know, for these sorts of right. things. So and, that's, and, that's what's interesting. Yes, and I would like the precedent to be set to say you don't get in if you don't win your conference, that you had your chance. You could have beaten Ohio State, and you'd, you'd be representing your conference, and you would have, you know, had a chance to, to win your conference and, and go to the, you know, go to the championship but but you didn't so move on move aside and let's let the other ones go let's go right and that way when because you know this is going to come up with the sec i would love for it to come up first in a big 10 scenario and have them exclude the big 10 second team uh so that then when it comes up with the sec there would already be a precedent because you know it's going to happen 
Yeah. Well, and like you and I have talked that for as much as, you know, the Big 12's kind of system of not having conference championships seemed to work against them last year, at the same time, if you tweak the way that season played out just a little bit, both TCU and Baylor could have been legitimate contenders for, you know, being in there. And that I would have gotten the Big Twelve, you know, two teams in there instead of zero, you know. So just a little adjustment could have made that a possibility. Right, absolutely true. So we've gone a little bit on the sidetrack <laughs> there, but uh, but it's an interesting one, and I think it's one that that we need to keep our eye on as the season progresses. Yeah. Yep. The last big like top twenty-five matchup I wanted to talk about briefly was uh, LSU and Mississippi State played each other twenty-one nineteen. LSU pulled that one out. I did it really know anything about the game and I didn't watch it or anything uh but it seems like it was a close game you know we predicted that LSU was going to win that game as well yes exactly and and uh there was kind of a furious comeback rally whatever but it was a big that's a big win that's a big win for LSU for sure and then within the Big Ten there were some interesting things going on Minnesota beat Colorado State but they had to go into overtime to do it 23 to 20 Kind of interesting, given that they, you know, uh, showed themselves pretty well in their Week One game. Yes, I would agree. Yep, we had that. Uh, this is kind of interesting for me. Wisconsin beat Miami of Ohio fifty-eight to nothing. Big, big blowout. Um, Miami of Ohio is the rival school of my the university I went to college at, Ohio University. We kind of have this. Yeah, back and forth rivalry thing going on with them in football. So I was kind of happy to see Wisconsin crush them. Uh, <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see because, you know, we, Nebraska has to play Wisconsin. And they clearly proved with this that they didn't lose to Alabama because they were a bad team. You know, it's just that Alabama is that good. Yes. And it also showed uh, they had great defensive statistics in that game that, that Wisconsin's defense is for real. Let's talk a little bit about uh, this coming week's games. We, we talked a little bit about the Miami-Nebraska game being one of the headliners uh, just from a namesake standpoint, not necessarily a ranking standpoint. But uh, this third week is going to be a week, frankly, it's a little soft on big-time matchups. Uh, uh, early in the week on Thursday night, the Thursday night game on ESPN is Clemson at, at Louisville, and that's a game that's a pretty attractive matchup. Um, just because of uh, you know Louisville's recent history, and obviously Clemson is expected to be one of the best teams in the ACC this year, so that'll be an interesting one to to see. And then on Friday, another ACC matchup: Florida State at Boston College uh, is on uh, ESPN uh, Friday evening, and that's another game that that uh, I, if I remember correctly, it was a couple of years ago, Boston College was one of the few teams that pulled some major upsets like they beat USC uh, and uh, last year I think it was uh, so Boston College is, is one of those teams that sneaks up and beats somebody good almost every year mm-hmm. yeah I'm looking through the games for next week right now you're kind of right there's not a lot of oh here's one Georgia Tech Notre Dame that's a, that's a top yes. 25 matchup absolutely that's that's probably if I'm if I'm not mistaken that's probably one of the biggest matchup and that's at Notre Dame right so that'll be on NBC. Yep, it's at Notre Dame. There's also Auburn plays LSU. That's a big uh, SEC matchup. Oh really? Yeah. I guess I didn't even realize that one was. Yeah, but happening. That's at, huge. At LSU yeah. as well. It's at LSU, but it's during the day. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Well, that, that'll game. definitely be 
the one we're going to have to keep an eye on is that Auburn LSU one because Auburn's coming off a, a, a underwhelming first couple of games and LSU just had you know kind of a a, a season uh, motivating uh, victory against Mississippi State although they kind of let things get interesting late that is going to be one to keep your eye on Auburn LSU yep and there's Ole Miss at Alabama another another big game and now ironically you know BYU has worked its way to number 19 on this list playing number 10 UCLA yeah. um, yes, all of a sudden that's, right. that's a big game <laughs> yes and all Old Miss Alabama is a big game too. So, yep. so actually, I was wrong. I, I thought it was a little softer overall, <laughs> but that's pretty darn good uh, roster yeah. of games. And was, this is one I have a question mark on um, Stanford at USC. That's a big Pac 12 matchup. Uh, but what is Stanford's kind of standing this year? I know they're not ranked in the top 25. Well, interesting. You know, they, they won, of course, uh, this past weekend. Uh, and. USC, of course, is, is, is widely regarded as probably the best team uh, in, the, in their division of the Pac-12. And so, um, you know, everybody will be on the USC bandwagon. But if Stanford's going to turn their season around from that disappointing loss to Northwestern, this would be the one to do it with. That's for sure. I don't think it's going to happen. But, wow. So, yep, some really nice games in the evening. Not everybody's going to be watching Miami, Nebraska, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, like you say, you know, there's a lot of history between those two teams, even though it hasn't been re- in recent history. Right, that's true, that's true. Yeah. Alrighty then, well, um, I guess we made our prediction about the Nebraska game last time. Is there any of one of those big games we want to try to try to nail a score yeah, down? You know that. you know the... Uh, the the one I was going to uh, that I was going to talk about, of course, a- after you brought it up, is that Auburn LSU game. That seems like the one that we ought to take a stab at. Okay, I'm game for that. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to find it on the you know, sheet. I, here it is. I will. It's a 2:30 p.m. game. It's on CBS. I'm going to say a couple of things. Number one, uh, I, I think LSU's victory this week is going to be a um, uh, one that, that kind of launches them a little bit. I think that uh, it's at LSU, so it's a home game. So I think uh, uh, LSU enjoys a pretty substantial um, uh, home field advantage. And so I think there's a lot of things that make you want to lean to LSU. But uh, but the fact is, is Auburn is kind of again, up against the wall here a little bit. They clearly need to play better. And uh, and so their coaches are going to have to kind of rally, rally the troops. But I just don't think you do that at Tiger Stadium at LSU. So I'm going to predict an LSU victory, and and I'm going to say that uh, LSU is going to win um, with some kind of swarming defense. I think Auburn's going to continue to struggle uh, with their quarterback not not being a perfect fit yet for that offense, and uh, and LSU having enough offense to get get the job done. It'll be relatively low scoring, probably like maybe. Uh, 28-17 or um, you know 31-21 something like that. All right, we'll go with 31-21 then. Okay. <laughs> All yeah, right, let's do 31-21. Sure, why not? Um, I'll go ahead. I'm just just based off of Auburn's the fact that Auburn struggled to win against Jacksonville State of all things just makes me think that. They like you say they won't be able to walk into Baton Rouge and upset a pretty good LSU team. 
So I think I'm going to agree with you. It's going to be a LSU victory. Um, I'll go ahead and say for this one, uh, oh, let's say uh, 28 to 14. That's what I'll say. Okay. That sounds good. That sounds good. Hey, real quickly then, don't have to pick a score. Uh, BYU at UCLA. Any chance BYU pulls it off and wins a third one? Uh, like I said on the Nebraska podcast, I would love it for BYU to do that because that only helps Nebraska uh, now that we've lost to them. But um, but I just got to believe it's at UCLA, and now that BYU has upset two teams in a row, I got to believe that the UCLA guys are giving this all of their focus uh, and so I gotta believe. I think I think it might be a good game, like a you know reasonable score. Like BYU won't get blown out, but I think UCLA wins at the end of the day. Okay, and and here's my final thought. Uh, this is this is your homework for the week, Alex. <laughs> okay. Um, if you would like to go to the UCLA game and watch that UCLA BYU game, uh, I have somebody who can get you good seats. Uh, all you have. Say you want to do it, and and you could be there. Huh. Well, think about that. That's and, a little tempting now. <laughs> dad, no, I've got a. Yep, I, I've got an old friend of your uncle's uh, that could uh, get you some tickets uh, that he has out at UCLA, and it is a beautiful stadium. That's the Rose Bowl, baby. Uh, that that would be an experience. You should consider doing that. Just let me know. All right, he's throwing this on me, listeners. I did not hear about this before the podcast. <laughs> But That's all right, uh, I just thought of it. I didn't realize. I just was thinking about it as I saw that at UCLA. Um, so anyway, but now yes, you, you need to happen. I, I like that idea. But back to the original topic, you got to predict <laughs> what's going to happen. Uh, I think UCLA wins it. I think, and they may even make it pretty comfortable. All right, That's Dad's prediction. So this is the the wrap up for our. Um, Week three preview and week two uh, wrap up of uh, college football throwdown. That's why we love this great sport of college football so much. You can never predict what's going to happen. You know, injuries and upsets happening every week. You know, big plays. That's what makes this chaotic sport so fun. Absolutely. All righty. Well, let's enjoy another week of great college football and go Big Red. That's right. You can email us at uh, huskerpeat13 at gmail.com. Find us on uh, Potomatic. We're footballthrowdown.potomatic.com. Find us on iTunes. Leave us comments, ratings, reviews, all the good stuff. And so until next time, go Big Red. <laughs> <laughs>